What a joy to be in the house of God and what a joy to know that God is here. Amen. To know the very fact that God is here. Much before we all walked into the sanctuary, I believe the presence of God was already here because He knew, He heard, He heard that there's a group of people that was preparing to come and meet Him. Oh, come on, that is exciting, right? In the New Testament, we see in, uh, in Luke chapter 23, 24, we see a group of ladies. They were waiting to meet Jesus. Where was Jesus? He was in the grave. What was the ladies doing? They were preparing. Oh, come on, somebody. They were preparing. You can't come to the God just the way you wake up. You prepare yourself. You prepare to meet God. You prepare yourself. And today, because we are prepared to meet with our Savior, I believe, His tangible presence will touch your life today. Those who touch Jesus and all those Jesus touched have never been the same. And today I declare it. If we are ready to touch Jesus with our faith or if we allow God Almighty to touch our life, our life will never be the same. Never ever be it the same. I declare it in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on. How many of you are excited this morning to be in the house of God? I've always told you one condition that when I stand here, I want to see smiling faces. Oh, y'all look good smiling. Y'all look good smiling. Come on. Pastor Prince, you look good smiling. Come on. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I love it. I love it. In the midst of all tribulations and, and stuff that we go on, keep up a smiling face because in all, we just declare that it is just the grace of God that I am alive. Not because of my merit, not because of what I can attain, not because of what I can do. Human being, you know, what if we just miss a, a, a breath and I stop right there? I was inhaling and I stopped right there. What if that happened, right? But I praise God because Bible says everything that has breath, praise the name of God Almighty. And we gather on a Sunday as a community, as church, as believers, as families. We gather here knowing that it is our God Almighty that has, 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 has given us the ability to breathe, to be alive. If I live, I live for Christ. And if I die, it's just the gain of heaven and a gain of my life. Hallelujah. Once again, I'd like to welcome all of you for our Sunday morning service. May the Lord continue to bless each one of you and all that you do. Um, you know, some of you who are standing at the back, if you can come forward, come forward and stick, take, take, take your places. You know, it'll be really good um, as, we all, as we all continue to be in that, in that atmosphere. And God is good. He is powerful. He is powerful. Yesterday night, we had a wonderful cottage meeting at our dear brother Anish's home. And all of you who came, who joined, it was such a blessing to be there. Thank you for being with us. And, uh, uh, you know, if you need any more, you know, people coming to your homes and praying, just let our, you know, you can talk to Brother Thomas Priti and uh, he will definitely, you know, put that on schedule so that we can have more cottage meetings. We can come together and we can pray and worship God Almighty. Today is such a, such a I, I love seeing our family and I've always mentioned,
mentioned it a, mil- a million times, I think, you know, ever since I joined Zion Church, that I love the Sunday morning worship because it's on Sunday that we see all of our families coming together and worshiping. There's something different. There's something beautiful about it because God sees the unity of His brothers. God sees the unity of the children. And, you know, God loves to see unity among brotherhood. He loves to see unity among sister. He loves to see unity in the, inside the church because wherever God sees unity, He starts working. Oh, come on. Are you all understanding? Wherever God sees unity, God starts working. Why do I say that? Because, you know, when we see the Trinity, God, God the Father, Son Jesus Christ, and Holy Spirit, what, what is that one thing that stands, you know, as a common denominator? All of them have individual offices, but they work together. There is equal unity among the Trinity of God that we see, the God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They work to, there's so much, that's the best coordination that I see in ministry. They work so perfect together. And that's what God sees when He sees His New Testament church. He wants to see unity among brotherhood, among sisterhood, among the church, within the church, the youngsters, the youth, the, 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 the ladies, the men, and everybody, every ministry that we have, I pray that we will all, we will all do our stuff together so that we, we glorify each other in Christ Jesus. We work together to see the one God working amazing things in our life. I hope the Lord has kept you safe. Some of our families are coming back from their vacation, missionary trips, and some of them are already going. I love the summer season, and I sometimes as a pastor, I'm not a huge fan of it because a lot of our families take vacation. There's a lot of conferences that happen, so people keep missing out on Sundays. And I, um, you know, sometimes, you know, I have to come back to a pew, and I'm saying, hello, brother, how are you doing? Sister, you doing okay? So sometimes I have to walk through some of the empty pews, and I'm like, talk to myself over there. Knowing that maybe they'll join next week. Are you all trying to understand what I'm trying to share here? Amen. I mean, me, I, I mean, I'm just prophetically declaring. I may see an empty chair, an empty pew somewhere here and there. But when I walk over, I would say, in Jesus' name, I declare people sitting there in coming days. Oh, come on. If you have faith, what it takes, to, I mean, it does, you don't have to pay anything to speak the words of faith. Do you have to pay anybody? Come on. Do you have to pay taxes? To speak the words of faith. No, you don't have to pay anybody. Number two, you don't have to care who sits next to you. The brother next to you may not believe what you believe in. But you know what you're going through. When you know what you're going through. Come on, brother. You just bring out that. Oh, bring out those words of. Because those words help you to position yourself with God. When God sees your heart with God, He doesn't care about who you're standing next to. He works wonders in your life. Or the brother next to you is not going to pay your bills. The brother next to you is not going to help you with anything. It is you and God. Your relationship with God Almighty. Your brother next to you will not give you an access to heaven. Not me. I can't do it. If I had the access key to heaven, I would have made a business out of it. And thankfully God did not appoint any of the disciples for it. Thankfully God did not ask any pastors or any of the five-fold ministry that God has given to the church. He never asked anybody to do it. It's you and it's God. It's your relationship and it's God. And when you speak the words of, I love that song. And I love how our, our you know, Brother Pradeep, as he was leading that worship song, he just mentioned and bring out those words which, which describes who God is in your life. How powerful that is. Because that actually means that when you describe who God is in your life, it simply means how faithful and what is your, the level of faith that you have in God Almighty. Then praying. 
am asking and I'm encouraging. Coming days as we gather in the house of God, come. Leaving everything behind that holds you, that binds you, that pulls you behind. But move forward as we progress, as we move forward, as we do things for the glory of God Almighty. I've always mentioned this is the house where we want only Jesus' name to be glorified. Only His name. No other name, no person, no individual, no nothing. It is just Jesus' name. And as long as we continue to do that, God will bless each one of us and our families once again. Thank you for joining in. If you're watching us online, I'd like to welcome you all to our Sunday morning service this morning. I want to get into the Word real quick. As I get into the Word right now, um, I started a series last week. Um, it was not actually a series, but it was just a message that I wanted to bring out. But as I was pondering to it, I saw that there was so much of, of, of God's revelation in those scriptures. There's so much content in that entire chapters as I was looking in that I thought after I went back home that maybe I need to do a series on Nehemiah. Interestingly, last week our pastor, as he was speaking in Malayalam service, he was bringing and he was teaching and talking and, and preaching, emphasizing on the aspect of let's build the walls together. And even though I had those scriptures last week, I didn't want to exactly go along the same lines. So I, I had a different thought line that I wanted to present. I, I mentioned from the heartache, if you all remember last week's message, I mentioned from the heartache, what bothers you, whatever mattered to you, bothers you. For Nehemiah, it was the broken walls that mattered to him and that was bothering him. And what was bothering him compelled him for his actions. What did he do? He fasted and prayed. And today, I was just walking, um, you know, inside uh, Malayalam, you know, uh, as we were having the, the Christian education class in the morning, as Brother Joji was, um, he was teaching those classes, uh, taking those classes. One of the words that I understood from him was that he also mentioned about Nehemiah today and in his Bible study. And as he was teaching that, I understood this is a season maybe God is emphasizing and God is wanting our church to have a build of walls around us. Come on. We, we need to make sure that there's a wall of security around us. There's a wall that God has put around us so that there is always security that we see. And it always protects us from people and evil and evil nations and everything evil that can try to sow seeds within ourselves. Trying to understand? It's very important we as a church to understand that God intends that our walls to be built and to be stronger all the time. This is not the message of Trump. This is the message of God Almighty. He wants that there should be a wall of, of, of that distinguishes who we are. The wall of fortified walls around our, 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 our community, our church. Our, our church, not just a Zion church, but our church as a New Testament church of God Almighty, that we need to have the wall. In any situation that you see that the walls have been broken down in your family, personal life, church, community, wherever it is, make sure that you do have a heartache. You have a heartache, right? If you have a heartache, that means that I mean, you, it simply denotes that you and for you, the broken walls does matter. And what did Nehemiah do? He fasted and he prayed. And today I want to turn your attention towards another, another thought process that I was having. When Nehemiah saw, no, he didn't actually see, he actually heard. Right? He did not see 
the broken wall. The number one we see is he inquired about how the lifestyle of all the Jewish people who has come back from exile are doing. When he heard, they said that, oh, we are okay. We are doing good. Not bad. Not the greatest. But we have a serious concern. Our concern is that the walls have been broken down. The Samaritans and the nations around us has broken down the walls. And as long as the wall is broken, anybody can walk inside. As long as you see the wall is broken, any nation can come inside and destroy. As long as you see the wall is broken, there is never the feeling of security within the people inside the nation. Are you trying to understand this? Amen. We all have homes, right? Do you walk into a home or do you buy, will you buy a home that does not have a door? No, you won't. You will always, if there's no door, you will try to make sure there is extra protection. Amen. You put security systems around. Why? Because there's a sense of security that as human beings, we, we need, we want. Anisha and I, for a couple of weeks, we've been looking for homes to buy. And as we were looking, we were, uh, we were trying to see what neighborhood is good. And when we go into those places, we want to see that is this place good for us as a family to grow, as a child to grow within. We wanted to see if this community is good. We wanted to see if people around us are good. We want to see, because why? Because we want to take precautions, because something within ourselves demands security. As a human being, something within ourselves demands that we protect what we have. Trying to understand. Nehemiah, when he understood there's a great danger in the life of Israelites, that they are doing okay with their lifestyle and everything that they are doing, but at the same time, but at the same time, there's something within them that is bothering them, and that is the walls being broken. Nehemiah did not see it. He heard it. And it bothered him. Oh, come on. How many situations that we hear every day? That can bother us. There are so many situations that is going around. A couple of weeks ago, there were 12 children that was, uh, you, you, you know, uh, that got lost or trapped in a cave in, in, in Thailand, I believe. And, 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 you know, I saw a lot of our people who were concerned. We don't know who they were. We have never seen them. We have never met them. But it concerns us. Why? Because it was another child that was lost. How many, how, in a, in a, in a, in a, almost every day we come across stories of children being trafficked. We come across stories of how many people have been destroying their life with the, with the things that is going around the world. But what does, does it bother us? It will bother us if it only matter to us. Let's lose our focus from all that. Sometimes we as the community, we all are always thinking about I, myself, my family. I, Nehemiah had a good job. He had a good job. He had nothing to worry. He was in the royal chambers of the king. He had easy access to the king. He was a personal wine giver to the king. Oh, he, he, was, the, he was personally valuable to the king. But when he heard the people in my own land my brother, my sister, somebody who worshipped with me, somebody who looked like me, somebody who was made in the image of God like me, are living in broken walls, have no security around them. How can I live peacefully when my people does not have 
was around that. It bothered him. But what I want to talk today is sometimes we of you know, I've heard people say, I hope things go good with you, brother. I hope the children in Thailand are coming out alive. I hope. We always try to use the word hope. But can I tell you something? Hope demands action. If not, your hope is worthless. It's just another word that you use. Hope demands what you can do. Hope demands an action. What are you ready to do? What are you hoping for today? Come on, I pray and I hope that we will be a church that is flooding with people of all languages, all tribes, all languages. I pray that God will establish us to be a church that is completely, perfectly in the will of His and not any human being. I hope it will be, but my hope demands action. I can sit in a corner and I can repeat after, I hope things go good with you, brother. I hope you find that job, brother. I hope you pass that exam, sister. I hope things go good. But whatever you hope for, hope demands an action. And today I want to focus my words on hope in action. Nehemiah hoped that the city walls will be built again. Nehemiah hoped good for the people there. But in his hope, he made sure that he, 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 there is some sort of action involved in his hope. What are we ready to do? Let me ask you this question. What are you hoping for in your life? Are you ready to work towards what you're hoping for? If you're hoping that your business will grow, are you ready to do things that will make your business grow? Are you wanting this church to grow? Are you hoping this church to grow? What are you ready to do for this church to grow? Oh, come on, somebody. Are you hoping that your life will grow spiritually? What will you do? What you're hoping for? Whatever you're hoping for, what are you ready to do? Let's read a scripture. First Peter chapter 1 verse 13. First Peter chapter 1 verse 13. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, this is how it goes. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So, you must live as God's obedient children, not slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You did not know any better then. What a beautiful scripture. So prepare your minds for action to the things that you have hoped for. Prepare your minds. Joyce Meyer in her book, she would say, mind is the biggest battleground of your life. Have you all read those portions? Mind is a battleground. The biggest victories that you have to win in your life is in your mind. Because where your mind determines, that's where you are ready to go. You have to be a person of wisdom that can control your mind. If you can fill a lot of scriptures in your mind that can help you to resonate with the words of God Almighty. What, what does control your action? Your actions come from your, whatever you're fed into your mind. What has filled your mind? What have you filled your mind with? Is it the things of God? Or is the things, I mean, I, I don't want to put, I'm, I'm not trying to put people down when I'm preaching. I'm trying to encourage myself and everybody that is listening to me right now. Are you all trying to understand that? Amen? 
what are we doing what we hope for? Because every hope that you have demands an action. Oh, come on, somebody. And as I was reading that scripture, and I was meditating, and as I was meditating, I'm like, God, we want this church to grow. I hope this, this is my prayer. I hope this church, but I'm ready to work. I'm ready to work. This is my prayer. I'm ready to work. I'm ready to work. Are you trying to understand this? The, I want everybody here to have that thought in your mind. We want this church to grow. Growth is something that is part of our DNA in this church. We want this church to, to grow. And when I say we want this church to grow, it's not fishing in the aquarium, but it says that we want to grow by the meaning that we want people to come here and find Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. Is that our prayer? Is that something that we hope for? Come on, church, you got to stand with that because that's the principle of a New Testament church. That's what we hope for. If you hope that you get a good job, you got to work towards your job. How do you do that? You got your, you put your education in line. You got to put your studies in line. Because you can't bypass things, right? Or your father should be a millionaire. Where he hands over his business to you and you don't have to do anything. But can I tell you something? I've seen a lot of, I've seen a friend of mine, this guy never studied and did nothing. But his dad was a karodpati. His dad was a millionaire. And his dad was ready to give him over everything to this guy. This guy took over. You know what happened? Within, within months, within months, there was a big, huge loss in the entire. Why? This dude has no experience. He has not worked for what he was hoping for. He just received plainly. I believe and I pray and I declare that if we are ready to put our actions towards what we hope for, God will bless it. Because my God says, I will bless the work of your hands. Oh, come on. Have you read that scripture? I will bless the work of your hands. Bible also records saying that in your, there will be surplus amount of product in your kitchen. You will never lack anything. What does it mean? It does not mean that you keep everything in your jars. It means that as you use it, it will keep coming back again. It will keep coming back again. God demands that we work towards what we hope for. As we go back to, to Nehemiah, we see that Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 10. Whenever we work towards what we hope for, we don't have to sit down with an assumption that everything is going to be okay. Are you all trying to understand this? Can you pay attention here? Amen. When we see the scriptures, we have to understand in Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 10. It says, when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard about this, they were very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of Israelites. When they were disturbed, when, what is the reason for them to be disturbed? When Nehemiah put action towards his hope, People around were disturbed. You know, we see a lot of turbulence when we want to do good stuff. I have had situations in my life when a drunkard came to our church. He accepted Jesus Christ as his personal savior and he became a good member of our church. But you know what? His family came back and they started throwing stones at us. You know why? Because they didn't have a problem. He was, when he was a drunkard, they have a problem when he changed his lifestyles and he become a good Christian. I have stories. 
There was a lady who came and he, she, she threw stones on our window many, many years ago. Many, many. I was sharing the story yesterday with Anisha as we were coming down from, from the cottage meeting because that reminds me of my childhood. As we go into families, we pray. We pray for a deliverance. And every Tuesday, we had a, a meeting in my house. A, a, a prayer meeting in my every Tuesday back in India, every Tuesday. And Tuesday from morning, my dad prepares us. He puts down the mat, the paw. He puts down the, uh, the paw by at least 4.30, 5 o'clock. And he sits there and he prays. He sits there and he prays. I come back from school. He makes me put down my bag and get him, get with him in prayer. We pray before the meeting starts. We pray. We sit down and pray. I've seen multitudes coming and being transformed and healed. How can church grow? Church can grow with small actions that you can put towards what you hope for. What you hope for. Nehemiah, it was, hope is not just a word that ringed in the minds of Nehemiah. And he did not sit there just by thinking about it. He put actions towards it. Can I tell you, whenever you put action to your hope, people are going to question you. You will always find questions when you do things for God. Praise the Lord. If God is the one who is leading us, if God leads us, He will take care of it. Oh, come on, Tobia. You can do it, boy. You can. Whom are you questioning? You cannot, you cannot do it, Shambhalat. You cannot. This hope in me is not just a thought I receive. Oh, can I tell you? This, this, this hope in me, I'm going to prophetically speak unto some lives. This hope in me, it's not a thought just came randomly. This hope is in place in my heart because this is the calling of God. This is the calling of God placed in my heart and that's come out in, coming out as a hope in my life. And I will not let anybody, anybody question that. People will rise. Shanbalat will rise. From the very beginning, we've been seeing Shanbalat and Tobia and all those Arabs who rose against. But can I tell you, Nehemiah was anointed. He was gifted. All he knew was, if the Lord has asked me to build, I will stand and build. People will shout and say a lot of things. People who support me right now will walk out of my life tomorrow. But all I know, if the Lord has called me, I am going to move forward. I'm going to move forward. Am I, am I talking? Am I, am, I, am I putting some words of hope into your life? If I am, if that seed can grow into your life, put action. Put action towards what you hope for. And as we look into that scripture, we see the, the moment the Shanbala, the Horonite, and Tobia, the Ammonite official heard about this. The moment they heard about this, they all gathered. They are the leaders of few groups. They gathered. They're the leaders they gathered. And they gathered because, you know, when you read that, what I like, they gathered because someone had come and told them that these guys or Nehemiah was promoting the welfare of Israelites. Promoting the welfare as a pastor, as a leader. 
you're called, you're called to promote the welfare. You're called to take care of your people. You're called to shepherd what God has given you. Is that the role of a shepherd? Do you agree with me? Do you go with my notion right now? That's the role of a shepherd. Because the shepherd has to take care of his. You are a good shepherd only if you can take care of your sheep. How many good shepherds we know in the Bible? We have known, we understand all of that. But for Nehemiah, he is the shepherd in charge. He is the builder in charge. He is the architect in charge. He is the guy who has the vision. And he says, come, let us build this wall together. People arise to question, why are you doing this? Have there been situations in your life when you have come across and people have asked you, people have asked you, why are you doing what you're doing? You've got to have an answer to say. If you have the call from God Almighty, if you have, listen to this carefully, if you have a call from God Almighty, then no matter what question rises again, all that you got to say is, I will do what the Lord has asked me to do. And I know I'm preaching to a church community here. We have done church for many years. We have to know something. That when we are opening our doors for people to walk inside. And one of the things that I want to mention here in Zion Church is we love people. We love, that's our DNA. That's, that's who we are. At Zion, we love people. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what background you were at. But we love people. Why? Because myself, my God loves people. Am I bigger than God? Are you bigger than God? No. All that God has asked us to do is to love His people. We, we are appointed as leaders in this community. We are appointed as workmen in God's community. We are appointed as people who can build others' life. But can I tell you something? One of the greatest building blocks of Christianity today is to build each other's life. We are, I want to emphasize once again. We are called to love, not to judge, not to judge. Everybody is on a walk to be with God Almighty. And I pray they will have a transformation. I pray our worship will be a place for trans. I pray our word will be a time of transformation. I pray God will deal with people individually so that their lives will transform. Can I have the worship team behind me? We pray that the Lord will do amazing things, that they will have a real transformation in their life in every aspect Sanballat and Tobian people came to question because Nehemiah put an action behind his hope what he thought about the welfare he wanted to do it much before he initiated the process people started questioning him if there are people around you that keeps questioning you all the time just look at the face and let them know it's between me and God my God has asked me to do it, and I will do it. No matter what, no matter who, no matter where, I will do it. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I will do it because the Lord, it is a calling of God placed in my heart that rises like up as a hope in my life, and I'm ready to put action behind my hope. The story doesn't end right there. As we look forward, we see in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 19, we see that they come back again. Shanbala, Tobiah, uh, 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 you know, and, 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 and Geshem, the Arab, heard about it. They mocked and they ridiculed. And they came and they asked, what is this that you are doing? 
They mocked at these people who were trying to help and do the welfare of the people. And these guys came back again. Sometimes what happens with our life is the same people that started the problem will keep coming back again. Because the idea of the devil is he will never rest until he has seen you completely devastated. The devil will never rest. The thief comes to steal, to rob, to destroy, to kill, to plunder. He will never rest until he has killed you. Satan will never rest until he has, he has killed and destroyed the plan of God in our life. And today, let me declare over our life. The same kind of evil spirit will keep coming back, keep coming back, keep coming back. All you got to do is stand strong in what you believe in. Stand strong in what you have wanted to do. Because the hope within you rises up and pushes you to challenge the systems around you. Because it is the calling of God that is placed within yourself. Oh Lord, I'm help me preach this today. It is the calling of God that is placed in your heart and that rises up like a hope. That rises up like a hope. And every, you got to put actions towards what you hope for. Hope can be the catalyst of change, but actions are what get us there. Hope can be the catalyst of change, but actions are what get us there. You got to understand this. We can't have hope for a lot of things. But it is the actions that take you from one place to the other. Or if not, it's just you sitting in a place and you having daydreams. Oh, I hope all things are going to be good. But what are you doing for what you're hoping for? I've come across a lot of people that say, I hope everything is going to... I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. But what are you putting your actions towards what you hope for? Come on, people. For Nehemiah, it was not just a word that he wanted to use and put back in his shelf and look and every day he goes back, I hope this is going to be good, good. No. He wanted to put his actions towards what he was hoping for. People will rise, that's the role of people. People will talk, that's the work of people. All you got to do is stand your gap. There's another citrus portion when you read through that in, in chapter 6, you see uh, Nehemiah was working on the wall and he was in a, on the upper altar. He was working on the wall and, and, and Shambhalat sends a word through a messenger and says, you know, come down. Let's have a meeting right now. Have you read the scripture? In chapter 6, you will see, come down. Let's meet right now. Come down. He was on the top. When I am working, I don't like anybody disturbing me. You, you understand? When I am doing a yard work, when I am doing any sort of work, Anisha knows that's not the time to call me for lunch because if I start the work, I want to finish the work. That's, that's who I am. If I start, I want to finish it. I won't start it if I don't know if I can finish it. You're trying to understand this? This dude is, is on, the, in, 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 on, on, the, on the wall. He's, he's trying to build. He's trying to put everything together. And here comes a man. Can you come down? Let's have a meeting. No, 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 not now. I am on a serious business right now because I have put my actions behind my hope of what I am expecting this to be. And I have a target. 152 years it took for them to realize that they did not have a wall around them. And in 52 days, Nehemiah built the wall. Why? Somebody was ready to put actions behind his hope. Somebody was willing to put actions 
behind this pulpit. And today I declare it in the name of Jesus. Y'all ready to do it. In our life scenarios and situations, whatever you're hoping for, do your best. Work hard. And God will give you success in the things that you do. Because whatever you do, you're doing it for the glory of His kingdom. And as long as you know that and you continue to do it, God will bless the work of your hand. He is with you and He strengthens you. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 14. Can we bring it on the screen? I want to wind up with this. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 14. After I looked things over, I stood up and I said to the nobles, the officials and the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember, the Lord is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers and your son. What I like about the scripture is Nehemiah does not say God will fight for you. When you read that scripture, Nehemiah does not say God will fight for you. You have to read in the Old Testament, we see a lot of portions where we see God will stand up for you. He is the host uh, of the battleground. He will fight for you and he will give you victory. But in this story, when you read, read, you will see, don't be afraid. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 14, don't be afraid. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Remember the God. And fight for your families. Fight for your brothers. Fight for your sisters. When I say fight, it's not that you end up in a wrestling match with your brothers and sisters. It's that you get down on your knees and you start fighting and interceding for them. That's how you see fighting here. In the story we see that Nehemiah, with one, with one hand, he was, he was working to build a wall. In another hand, they were holding a weapon in their hand. What is the weapon that God has given to you? Oh, come on, sisters. What is the weapon that God has given us? Brothers, come on. What is the weapon that God has given us? Yes, he was working. We all work, right? We have 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours job. We do work. But is your other hand occupied with prayer? Oh. Is your other hand occupied with what matters the most to you? Are you ready to protect people? Nehemiah, what I liked the most there was, Nehemiah, I'm, when I'm speaking, I'm challenging some of our families. Yo, listen to me very carefully. Listen to this word. Don't miss out. Nehemiah is not saying that God will fight your battle. He's saying that you fight for your brothers and sisters. I'm going to challenge some of you today. How many of you are ready to really fight for your brothers and sisters? When I say brothers and sisters, it's not just the brothers and sisters within the church. It's the brothers and sisters who are outside the church who are also made in the image of God Almighty. You're all ready to do that. This is what God is asking us to do, my church. Can you all stand in God's house? I love how, I don't want you to forget this. Why do I fight for our people? Why do I stand? I don't want to say this because I, I want to glorify myself. But I'm thankful for the calling that God has given in my life as a pastor, as a shepherd. I am thankful for the calling that God has placed in our, in our life. I intercede for our families in our church. But it's not just the role of our pastor, it's the role of everybody. We fight for our brothers and sisters. We fight for people who matter the most for us. We fight for things that bother us. I want you all to 
Look of the presence of God right now and, 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 and be in that atmosphere. Be in that atmosphere of where you letting God know, God, thank you for commissioning us. Thank you that this hope is rising within me. But today, God, help me that I'll put actions behind this hope. I'll put actions behind it. Every eye closed right now. My friend, let me repeat, your, your story will reveal His glory. If you're ready to do what the Lord has asked you to do. You may not be seen in the public a lot of times. Maybe you may not be seen in public platforms. But wherever God has asked you to do it, stand there, stay there, and start building the walls. Start building lives. We want a church when Jesus comes back, we want to be a church that is bold to receive our Savior. Sometimes you have to know you cannot defeat what you cannot define. Your mind is the battleground that you have to define today. You, you have to define what, what you have to defeat. Nehemiah, it was the words around him, it was the people around him, the nations around him. What is that you want to define tonight? Today, today as we stand here, what is that one thing that you would like to define that you have to defeat God help us God help us God help us God help us as we sing that song we'll be passing over our offering buckets and let's give to the Lord as we surrender ourselves let's give to the Lord so if you're watching us online we have our Venmo accounts that you can pay make your tithes and offering to it's at Zion Church and Venmo accounts Let's look to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.